Hey, Old Worlders. Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to send out a special shout out and thanks to one of our patrons, an Old Worlder. Uh, in fact, uh, we know him as the keeper of the reliquary here uh, at the Old World Podcast. And that is uh, JD Jean David. And uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. JD, I apologize. Uh, but he has uh, answered the call to help us do some editing to get some stuff squared away. And the episode that you're about to listen to right now is actually edited by JD. So huge shout out. Thank you so much, JD, for uh, all your help. Uh, the keeper of the reliquary. Uh, we appreciate it. So uh, without further ado, uh, enjoy the show. Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and the original podcast to bring you both discussion and actual play in 4th edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and tonight I have quite the interesting pair that's joining me. Um, you all have met Kyle before. He's not the first time he's been on the show, um, but you probably know him better as Thorgrim Finebeard, and he graces our halls again um, and not only is uh, Thorgrim Feinberg gracing our halls today, but also, once again, uh, the Lord of the Underdeep. Um, and uh, one of these days, I feel like his armies are going to storm the lower deeps of the hold. Um, but uh, Nolan, Lord of the Underdeep, has joined us as well. Uh, so, Kyle, Nolan, gentlemen, how are you doing? Thanks for joining. Doing Thanks pretty good. Yeah. Slightly getting colder here in Minnesota, so it's the best time of the year now. <laughs> I am a I'm a winter boy. That's I will always say that. You know, for for a Minnesota, uh, you don't have that that thick Minnesotan accent that I expected. Uh, probably because I'm a little bit, I guess, farther south. I do catch myself saying uh, "oofda" a lot, though. <laughs> and I really do a lot make my uh, A's and E's like in bag and bolt. Nice. What about you, Kyle? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's, uh, you know, there's uh, got our uh, three-month-old yesterday um, baby, so it's nice to uh, be able to take some time and get back into the, the world of Warhammer. Yeah. I mean, you've been dealing with uh, enough uh, terrible corruption points uh, in oh, real oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, haunting dreams and all that every, every single night. So awesome. hopefully these ones won't follow me, too. I have to admit, don't take this the wrong way, Kyle, but you uh, definitely look more uh, shaggy and, dare I say, uh, Ulrican uh, than uh, oh, yeah. I normally see you. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like, I mean, how long has it been? It's been a it's been hot a while. minute. Yeah. Not for fault of trying, might I add. We have tried and tried many, many times to get together and, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So, Well, what have you guys been up to gaming wise of late? You want to kick us off, Kyle? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, like I just said, I got a three-month-old at home. So time is definitely not as bountiful as it used to be. Um, but honestly, I, I've been trying to get back into some older games uh, on my Xbox just because uh, there hasn't really been a ton out that I've been wanting. Um, I think 2022 is really the year that a bunch of good games are going to come out. But yeah, just trying to get into some of the older things. Uh, gonna replay Shadow of Mordor here mm. in a little bit. Great, great 
worker management game, I guess, with a little bit of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I do love the Nemesis system that they have. Yeah, in it's there. it's so like, great. I love I wish they could just take that and put it into any other games. I think it would yeah. increase a lot more. Yeah, I enjoy those type of games a lot. And then uh uh also trying to get back into some XCOM too. Uh I'm just I'm really a fan of those uh worker management, so what about you, Nolan? So, actually, I haven't really been up to much. Uh, basically, I've been playing the new game, uh, Wrath of the Righteous. That was the video game by Owlcat Studios, which, if you guys have ever done the Pathfinder Kingmaker for, like, the PCs, I think Xbox and PlayStation also has it now, too. Um, they're the same people that does it, so I've been doing that. Um, actually, and besides that, that's really all I've been doing. Mostly because my washing machine has actually been on the fritz that <laughs> I've had to actually go downtown to clean like my work clothes and stuff. And I've actually been getting into a lot more like reading books again and stuff. The book I'm reading now is called Gloom Spite by Andy Clark. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a you know it is an H Sigmark, but uh, if you ever played like on the tabletop and you always wondered like oh. I wonder what it would have been like to get hit by one of these mushroom spells as like mushrooms burst <laughs> out of you and stuff like that. Book goes into that detail. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty horrible. And it's just, oh, no, that's that is not a fun time. Something we're but, probably glad is fiction and not yeah. our reality. Oh. Uh, all these, any of these systems, Warhammer, <laughs> D&D, all those. I'm so glad it's all fiction because... I don't know how somebody could just be like, oh, it's a zombie. No big deal. I'd be done. Yeah, right. You know, oh, that's a dragon. Uh, drop my sword. I'm done. I'm I'm done. I'm out. That's actually that's something I thought about the other day when I was going through like statistics of different um, like in the B series of the core rulebook and stuff. And I'm like, so wait a second. It's implied that there could be like you could have fear tests coming from bandits, which I can like understand, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you've not dealt with that kind of thing before, right? But it's the same level of fear test as a skeleton that's walking at you like an undead. Just not. No way. No, right? Like, and I'm sitting there yeah. walking. I walk in my house and it's dark. And then I think about a skeleton and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I have no idea how it fight one of I these mean, in a if dark I saw cave a bandit, you walk to the other side of the street maybe you know you try to keep <laughs> your distance but if you see a skeleton you are running away and screaming and yeah. praying that somebody else falls victim to their terrible terrible deeds oh, yeah it's, it's amazing how it's just like oh it's just a, a little lonely skeleton it's like no it's not nice so for myself, I've uh, been doing, I haven't had a ton of time to do a lot, but one of the things I have been doing uh, is there's a game I have uh, with my PlayStation that I got recently. I got a, it was like a bundle deal and had uh, the PlayStation Plus membership in it. And so you can get like free games that you can play with your PlayStation Plus. And one of them is called The Guardian, where like this, it's a, playstation 4 game where you have this weird animal that's like this mythic beast that's way bigger than you and you have to like try to escape sort of like a puzzle thing but it's it's uh i've seen that and yeah. i was like that looks pretty interesting it is very interesting and the graphics are pretty good and the storyline is interesting so i'm more playing the game now just because i want to see how the story ends more than you know anything else so um but yeah it's a pretty good one uh definitely recommend it Right. Cool. 
So, gentlemen, uh, normally this is where we would have the uh, section for announcements and news. Uh, we're skipping past that today. We're ready to get right into the meat of this show. So tonight's show, we return once again to a much-requested topic, careers. On tonight's episode, we'll be doing something slightly different with our careers, um, as we're not only going to be reviewing a new career, the herbalist, but some of the excellent additional materials, rules, and options that the herbalist has available to it, we're going to go into all of that information as well. So it's it's going to be almost like a twofer in this episode. Um, so, and of course, as we like to do at the end of our episode, we'll have a little competition where the host will put their creative juices to the test in a career build off to see who will build the most interesting character. Um, I hope, uh, you two gentlemen brought your a game. I've been telling you it like via text for the last two days, because I'm pretty proud of my herbalist. I can't wait to see what you guys are bringing to. I always think like, even today. It, just in knowing this from the past, when I make my character, I'm like, oh, this is really great. Like, I'm very happy with this. And then, you know, you listen to what you do and you're like, oh, um, okay. Should should probably work on that for another three or four hours to make it up to yeah. bar. That's, that's, that's fine. That's basically how it that's is. It's like, oh, I think I got a perfect one. Yeah, Lance and, or Matt or even Steve just rattle something off. It's like, all right, here we go, I guess. Why, did, why do I even do these? Why did I even try? <laughs> well, yeah. I, Everybody has a stroke of genius now and then. Um, I'm fairly certain that I put myself on a pedestal to fall pretty hard <laughs> if it doesn't turn out well. So we'll have to see. Um, so, old worlders, be sure to spend your endeavors wisely. Take care when you search for those herbs, for not all herbs are used for healing, as we discuss the herbalist on tonight's show of the Old World Podcast. And Nolan um, it's been a while. We haven't talked about our most recent uh, episode and uh, for careers. Why don't you tell us how it turned out? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so in our last episode, it was Steve, me, and uh, Lance. We did a flagellant versus the wolfkin. And unfortunately, Lance took it away at, with uh, 44% of the votes. Um, look, I came in second with 31 and Steve with 25. I was pretty yeah. pr- proud of that one, that flagellant. I, his name was the, the Herald and he yep. was basically a human flagpole. Yep. So <laughs> it, was, it was a great one. And like, I was like, I saw that. I was like, oh man, like I did better than I thought I would. Like I thought, you know, I do pretty well, but I was like, oh, people seem to enjoy it. But yep. Lance, Lance can, uh put another notch on his records and he is one. Yeah. Yeah. So now I guess I'm defending the title tonight though. Yeah. And remember old rollers, if you want to be involved in those statistics, uh, make sure you turn on the uh, Twitter notifications for the old world podcast on Twitter. um, Because, you know, we do these random times. So, you know, you might miss it if you're not paying attention. So turn on those notifications and uh, get your votes in. Absolutely. Well said. So let's dig in. To the herbalist. Herbalist, herbalist, I've heard it said both ways. So, listeners, please don't be upset with us. I think I interchangeably changed the way I pronounce it as I talk. So, uh, but gentlemen, um, I guess, you know, Kyle, why don't you lead us in here, man? What races are available? Where can we find information on the herbalist? Yeah. So, uh, the er- herb, 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 it's 11 herbs. <laughs> I've psyched and spices. you, I've psyched so you, you should- out now. It's 11 herbs and spices. It's not herbs. I, so whatever. <laughs> um, the herbalist 
is on uh, page 70, 79 in the uh, classic rule book. Um, for the species, you could be a halfling, high elf, human, or wood elf. Or um, a gnome. I do want to add that. You can okay, be yeah. gnome. gnomes are, okay. as well if you, uh, if you use gnomes in your games, which I know that's a divisive topic. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a feeling that uh, gnomes would, but I didn't roll to see uh, with the gnomes even in as a possibility. So I had a feeling they would, but at the end of the day, it all, it all depends on how you guys want to run it. So what I found interesting, so of the species that we have available to us to date, the only species or that you can't do with herbalists under the normal rules is a dwarf. Yeah. So, which I in, mean, if you think about it, it might, it might make sense, right? They're, they're on the mountains or underground. I mean, you know, you, yeah. Plus, why, why would you want mm-hmm. some dumb potion? Right? So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dwarves can be alchemist. Ooh. Right. Mm. So, and an alchemist generally uses an herbalist to get there. Yeah. Stuff. How do you? How do you so, get there? Yeah. So it's it's an interesting concept. Me as a GM, mm. if you wanted to be a dwarf herbalist, I would say come up with a good backstory, and I'm 100 percent behind it. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting one. Um, uh, Lance, you mean apothecary? Yeah, what did I say? Uh, alchemist. alchemist. Oh my goodness! Um, I was no, like apothecary. Like, I was even looking. I was like, wait, we can be alchemist. We can be alchemist. No, no apothecary. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got Age of Sigmar on the mind apparently. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Nolan, why don't you tell us how would you describe uh, this career in the old world? So basically, when I think of a herbalist, I think of you know somebody that's maybe more in the the countryside, you know, farms and stuff like that, gathering herbs from a garden or maybe the forest, uh, making a little potions, uh, droughts, pollen juices, basically doing the small kind of steps uh, the locals maybe need. Like, oh, I got a bruised arm because I got you know a tree kind of fell on me. So it, you know, bandages it up and maybe get me to the city, stuff like that. A lot of the small town stuff is what I think about for, and I think a herbalist. Yeah. I, I think, I think exactly along the same lines. It's like a step down from a doctor, right? Like right. a doctor isn't going to know how a doctor will know how to set a bone. An herbalist might not know how to set a bone, but I can give you something, you know, to help with the pain or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I was actually, yeah. Uh, sorry. Just about to say that because, uh, it was actually true because the quote for the herbalist actually does say like, you know, it's like, oh, his blood is tainted. He needs a doctor, you know, take yeah. this medicine. It'll calm him down to get you to the city. So, you know, yeah. Kyle, yeah, you're right. I yeah. can't set the bone. That that was he, actually, I really, did. I loved, I love that quote. It says, mm-hmm. uh, this is beyond my skill to heal. The wound's been infected and it's tainting his blood. He needs a doctor. Uh, I can give you something to make sure he's comfortable on the journey to town and something for you to calm your nerves. So mm-hmm. I can give him some medicine and I got this other thing for you uh, yep. just to take the edge off a little bit. So, so I, I thought that was pretty cool. So here's my question. Do you roll the dice to see a doctor in the old world? Top it off. <laughs> yeah. It I off. feel like you see the, the barber surgeon's shop like in town and like there's a bucket with arms and legs in it outside yeah. the door. If well, it's already like, I mean, isn't that actually what it was in the old world? The barbers much. cut yeah. your hair and set the bone. They did both. Yeah, yeah. no thanks. Just chop it off, cauterize it. You know, mm. give me, give me a, 
give me a peg leg. That's fine. Yeah. So I, I actually wrote down for the old world, like rural medicine man or medicine woman, right? Yeah. You could kind of like it, it's, yeah, it's not a doctor, but you know, you. Every town probably has one. Right. Somebody you know, varying that, degrees mm, of, yeah. you know, expertise. When you're in the village and someone lifts you up and says, drink this foul smelling liquid, right? It's an herbalist that made that. So, yeah. So, and one of the nice things about this, too, is it's a very approachable and easily to easy to understand, right? You don't have to know about Warhammer to understand an herbalist. But let's get into the Warhammer stuff. Let's get into more of the mechanics. So, um, who wants to take us through the advanced scheme? I was going to say I can do that. All righty. For the herbalist advanced scheme. So, at first tier, you are a herb gatherer. And you get toughness, uh, initiative, and agility as your starting characteristics. At level 2, you're a full herbalist, and you can add dexterity to that. At level 3, you are a herb master, and you can add fellowship to the tracks of the characteristics you can level up. And at level 4, you're herb-wise, and then you can add intelligence to your characteristics, which, honestly, I find a little interesting. That uh, intelligence is kind of that high. Yeah, that that would be the last thing that you mm-hmm. get. Like, I get... Uh, see, this is actually really tough for me because I feel like Fellowship should be lower than level 3 because you're kind of the one that's... Uh, I mean, if you're yeah. the one you know trying to convince somebody to do it. I don't know. Toughness is interesting that that's at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. I There's agree. that crazy wise woman that... You know, she makes those salves and they smell like dung and urine and, you know, nobody mm-hmm. really likes her. But when you're sick, that's who you go to, right? We don't we mm-hmm. don't really hang out with her. I could see Fellowship not being a first, but I get what you say. I think there's a lot of different pieces to it. Um, I see toughness and initiative and agility were ones that I was, like, trying to get my head around. But I don't know. Oh, if they- you think about someone that spends their time in the wild searching yep. for individual, like, weeds or mushrooms that's exactly what i was mm-hmm. gonna say mm-hmm. like because if you look at the you know skills which we can go into here in a second i feel like some of those match up with the outdoorsy type of characteristics that they give you to start well sure. why don't you take us through tier one so tier one uh you can uh you have charm animal climb endurance lore uh herbs outdoor survival Perception, Swim, and Trade Herbalist. So again, I mean, all of those are things that you would need that if, you know, if you're going out, your your, your DM would say, oh, well, okay, that's, you know, that, that plant grows underwater. How do you get there? Can you swim? I need a swim check. Or, you know, if you're climbing for rocks, you know, climbing mountains to find something that grows on, at, on the peak. Um, endurance, uh, you know, for just making sure that you can last long enough to climb up that peak uh mm-hmm. outdoor survival so all that stuff kind of goes in with exactly what we were saying where you got to be agile and you need to be tough if you're going to be surviving on a mountain to find some rare herb that you know hey it blooms once mm-hmm. and it's at the top of the mountain you got to go get it well and yeah i guess that is true something to mention here the the trade herbalist skill is your money making skill for this yeah. uh, career um, which that's based on dexterity, which you really don't get till tier two. So right. it's it's a it's a this career is fascinating, and and I have some thoughts that as we go through, um, I think we can keep going on. But um, 
Yeah, but I agree. All of those, once you look at the skills and really think about it, the characteristics do make sense. Yeah, and then uh, in Tier 2, you get the Consume Alcohol, uh, Cool, Gossip, Haggle, Heal, and then Lore Local. So again, you know, this is where it starts to kind of bridge to that level three where you get that fellowship characteristic. So this is where, you know, you start to pick up on your on your gossip and your cool and your haggle that you will use, like, you know, like you mentioned, Lance, mm-hmm. to make your money. Well, mm-hmm. and before we move on to tier two too deep, um, I want to talk about the talents in, in trappings oh, too. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So like on tier one with the herb gatherer, acute sense taste totally makes sense orientation right always know where north is yep rover rover is an amazing talent i love i love rover talk about rover yeah so i mean rover is essentially if you're trying to stealth your dm if he's trying to get you caught can't say oh hey uh you you snap a twig they hear you because they you know they rolled on their perception test against your stealth no rover it's only if they're like a lookout or a sentry or something like that. Somebody actively in, looking for you. Yes, actively mm-hmm. looking for you that they notice you or else you can, you know, it doesn't matter. It, there's no passive roles against you, which is really, really useful, I think. Absolutely. And then Strider is a, is a good one, too. It's Strider any, so you can choose, right, your terrain, if you will, which can help you with movement and especially in combat. Um, trappings, though, Nolan, take us through trappings. So, trappings, we have boots, cloak, a sling bag containing assortment of herbs. So this is something I want to talk about real quick, and, and maybe this is more of kind of a GM point or whatever, but I want to point out, we have, we're going to talk about all these awesome herbs and stuff we have later, but what does assortment of herbs mean? You know, because if I'm a player... And I'm looking at all these awesome rules I have to make all these cool salves and different stuff. Like, I want to know what herbs specifically do I have? So I'm curious, how would you guys rule as a GM? Someone's making a character and they ask that question. What What is your answer here? I feel like an assortment is, it's just like a, I don't, I don't know if there's really a numerical value that I put to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think of it as like several, mm-hmm. you know, so, but not only two or three, but like, you know, half dozen maybe. And just, um, I think about it more as, you know, if I was a DM and my players might not look upon me too favorably for this, but I think of that as you have some that grow maybe in fall and then you have some that grow maybe in spring and you've collected these and it's not just, I walked out to the forest and I picked, dandelions, you know, poison ivy mm-hmm. and things that I could find all within a hundred feet of each other. But I had to move a little bit for these. See, to me, uh, an assortment of herbs is I would maybe allow the character, uh, you know, between talking with the GM, uh, maybe you have half of the herbs maybe to be able to make uh I guess, you know, I don't think there's actually this term in Warhammer, but, like, a lesser drought. Like, a really, like, a healing potion or something like that. So, yeah. like, maybe the weakest version. Like, all right, you have half the ingredients of just that. Like, I'll let you have that. That's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, I think we're tough. You guys are tough. 
uh, see, because honestly, I I would I would be all right. Go ahead and choose two common herbs that you can have, and then I'll roll a die. Um, and depending on how that die rolls, um, I'll give you a rare or scarce herb as well. Um, and then I'll choose it as a GM because I want to make sure I don't give them something that'll destroy my story potentially right off the bat. But um, you're thinking like a DM, yeah, right there. yeah. So, but like the, to me, it's like, or I might even I let them roll. Like I'll say before the game starts, let's roll a search, like a like an endeavor, forging endeavor. Mm. We're going to talk about that later. Maybe do a forging endeavor. Tell me what you're looking for in this area during this time of year, and let's see what you get. Um, so maybe something like that, but, um, it could be something for fun, but anyway, I've taken us way off topic here, but I just thought that was an interesting, um, trapping to talk about. So, uh, let's move on to tier two. I think we already talked about the skills. What about the talents? Nolan, you want to take us through the talents in tier two? Yep. So tier two, uh, the herbalist, you'll have deal maker, nimbled fingered, sharp and sturdy. Honestly, uh, not bad of for talents, and uh, this is something that I will when we're all done talking about the career. I would I'll bring up uh what these talents can kind of be for. So you got deal maker. You can increase or decrease uh when you make a charm roll the price of the item you're trying to get by ten percent, which stacks. So yeah, stacks. And it stacks. Yeah, uh, very good for. But well, I mean, I'll just say kind of right now. The money-making face character. Mm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, like, I really think that helps, you know, you know, maybe you're not the charming person, but you're the one that talks to get the better deal. Right, right. We're going to talk about that. Good call. Uh, nimbled fingers, plus five to dex. You know, yeah. dex is what your big uh, money-making skill is. Yep. This is also the level where you get dex on your advanced scheme. So if you get that... You know, and remember these ones: warrior born, nimble fingered, uh, lightning reflexes. Those ones you just get plus five to your characteristics. Mm-hmm. They don't count as actual advances. So, yeah, you know, which is, is it easy to pick it up now and then you can do another five, or do you pick it up when maybe I can't increase dex much anymore? Yeah, that can potentially save you a ton of experience if you right. choose it. You know, once you're mm-hmm. up to the you know, 15, 20 uh, advances if you ever make it up that high. I mean, that's a ton of experience saved. Yeah. Yeah. Because the cost, uh, 100 XP here could save you two, three, 400 more yeah, just, or more. Just to get one advance. Right. Exactly. So, um, Sharp, another plus five, this one to uh, initiative. So, just going off of memory. I don't think we've had a career that we talked about so far that just gives you, you know, two talents at plus five, you know, at tier two or kind of right away. Those characteristic bonus talents are huge. And um, sometimes when you do character creation enough, you'll notice that the random talents table has a lot of those in it as well. Mm -hmm. So depending on how you roll, you could really boost your stats (laughs) early on. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, what what I like about the it being in the career is that, you know, like going into what you're going to talk about next, you might not use it that much. So if you waste a random roll on it, you know, it might be a throwaway stat for you. Mm-hmm. Potentially, for sure. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, last one, sturdy. 
which uh, just helps increases your carrying capacity. Right. So not maybe the biggest for a herbalist, but still pretty nice to get. And take us through the trappings as well. All right. And then trappings, you got hand weapon, a sickle. Which is just so cultist. cool. Yeah. Uh, I always do love little like sickles. They're pretty great. Uh, and then I find them like I find hilarious. Trade tools, herbalist. I feel like that's a sickle right there. <laughs> you know, like I always feel like right? a little knife or a sickle is kind of what they would use. I'm thinking more like the grinding bowl in the, you know, probably yeah. So there's that other trapping in there too, the uh, healing poultice as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's which uh, exactly easy to come by. Exactly. Or get. Right. So uh, tier three herb master. One thing I want to mention: um, this career has a, a significant jump when you look at its status as you go along. Brass two at tier one, brass four. At tier two, you're a little more respected, but once you're an herb master, silver one, and then or herbwise takes us up to silver three. Um, so you definitely kind of move up the ranks a little bit there. But herb master at silver one, skills, intuition, leadership, lore, medicine, trade, poisons, uh, which is pretty awesome. We'll hear more about that as we talk about the the rules. So these are all really good. Uh, just kind of reinforcing what we already have. Um, leadership is a, a little bit of a bonus, but because at tier three, you get that access to fellowship. Now you can really build the characteristic. You got a bunch of fellowship skills in tier two. Well, you can add leadership to it and a couple other things and really start to pump fellowship. If you want to go that route, talents, craftsman, craftsman is an awesome one. Uh, craftsman herbalist that you can do field dressing, which is bonuses with using bandages, uh, again, and maybe my favorite talent in the game is Hardy, just because the ability to pump up your wounds is so important in this game. Mm -hmm. um, and then Savvy, which is plus five intelligence. So again, one thing I noticed that this career does is it gives you a bunch of stuff to help out with a characteristic, but it doesn't give you that characteristic till the next <laughs> tier. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can pick it up, but you don't start reaping the benefits until until that next tier. Right. And then uh, for trappings, um, we have an herb gatherer. So you get your own minion, if you will. Um, three healing poultices, a healing draught, and a workshop for an herbalist, which is uh, uh, we, we talked about that a lot when we had the uh, not alchemist, but what is a uh, apothecary apothecary. Thank you. The apothecary. So so anyway, um definitely some interesting trappings at tier three who wants to take us through tier four i i could do it and then uh yeah going into tier four you're a herb wise you're at silver three um the skills you get are drive and navigation so you're you know you got your shop now you got to take take the show on the road um <laughs> mm -hmm. you got uh concoct which um, I think that's that's crazy that you can uh, you can basically take a free endeavor um, to craft a like a concoction. Um, so you may take one free crafting endeavor to use trade apothecary without need of a workshop. So, I mean, that's just free money. You're able to take that. You don't need a workshop. You can sell that wherever. Um, master tradesman, which just lets you lower uh, the success level needed. Savant herbs and resistance to poison. 
And then the only trappings are a pony and a cart. Pony and a cart. Ain't nothing yep. wrong with that. You get to go no. sell that uh, snake oil somewhere else. <laughs> yep, up and moving. Okay, so we've gone on the skills and talents in the advanced scheme. So what roles can this career fill? And I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Uh, who wants to get us started here on this? Um, I can. Basically, well, uh, a face. But I say more of a face is like, like we said, the money-making face. You know, you may not have the best fellowship or, I guess, skills and talents to improve those along the way. While you do have a little bit, deal maker um, really does help. You know, craftsmen, you have all these trades, trade herbalist, trade poison, uh, craftsmen, like we said, a workshop to get for a trappings. You're the one that's probably going to be making the money like that. Sure. Silver, you know, even a brass four, you know, rolling enough dice isn't too bad. Honestly, I think, like I said, I think you are basically going to be the money making face character. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, um, my primary, if, if I'm in tier, you know, like one and two, I'm going to port, um, you know, because you have, um, you get heal in the second there and yep. then, you know, so you can, you can mm-hmm. do some stuff with heal. Um, and then especially if you have, you know, some potions and things like that, you're going to be able to, you know, definitely, you know, help out there. And then in the third tier, you get that lower medicine. Um, so again, another healing, but, and then, yeah, like to me, like you said, Nolan secondary for sure is you can definitely make some things that are worth some money. And, um, you know, unless you have like a merchant or something like that, you know, if you're in with a wizard and a knight, like you're probably going to end up being a little bit of the face character here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would agree with you guys. Um, though I would say, uh, honestly, my, my opinion is that this is a support character through and through. Um, I think face is a secondary role for this character. And the big problem with this being a face character is no access to charm. Charm is the face skill in this system and not having access to it um, means that, you know, when somebody needs to talk to somebody at a higher status or needs to convince someone that doesn't agree with you to, to come your way, um, you're going to need that charm skill. But the ability to like help haggle prices to heal, um, to, uh, you know, even in a survival, like outdoorsy situations, you have the talents and skills to help support the team. Yeah. You're probably going to end up being the scout as well. Right. And a scout is one I wrote down as a secondary. Cause think about it, access to Rover, access to Strider, um, and access to agility while you don't have a direct way to pump up stealth as a skill you actually can indirectly do it through agility and you have the talent in a rural setting anyway to help build up as a scout character as well. But my 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 opinion this is a primarily a support character through and through. And I I think the the career does struggle to identify itself in tier 1. You're not like particularly like you can't use your trade herbalist to start making the, the potions and the poultices to help your team because you don't have access to decks yet. So you can build up the skill, but you can't build up the 
you know, until tier yeah. two. Mm-hmm. And you can't heal or anything either. And mm-hmm. really, you don't even have a weapon. So, you know, <laughs> right. you're, yeah. you can't build up your her weapon skill or ballistic skill. So, you know, I mean, but I guess that's where the toughness comes in. So you might be able to be like a kind of an oddball tank, I guess, even though you're not really going to be much use dealing out the damage. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you really, you're really going to take off at tier two, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. one other thing that I don't have written down as a, a suggestion for a, a role, and and I'm wondering if maybe we should add this to our show notes for career episodes, is a crafter. Because when you really think about it, that's what this career is about, right? It, it can support you in all these different ways. It can be a scout. It can fill in as a, a weak face character, you know, but at the end of the day, this career is dedicated to building and making potions, pulses, and and those sort of things to whether you're going to make money with them or heal your friends or poison your enemies. You know, Definitely. this is this when you really think about it, I think this is a crafting career. So I think that's an interesting concept, too. It, it definitely is. And mm-hmm. I almost think about it like uh you're you're in the back of the house right you're in the workshop making this stuff up and then you go place it on the shelf so that an actual face character can sell it because (laughs) i mean it's your stuff but you like you know like like we mentioned you're not really gonna have the uh unless you get pretty deep down uh to tier three which in warhammer that's that's an accomplishment so yes it is down there you're not gonna have the skills to really pedal that for much more than face value Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about uh, how might we fit this career into an established adventuring party? Somebody joins a group and they roll up an herbalist. Uh, What's the best story hook ideas, ideas, thoughts we can do? How do we fit them into the party? Well, not all herbs are maybe native to your area. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can only get the, uh, you know, the white eye Lotus over in Minnenheim. Well, you know, I'm going to hook up with this adventuring party that's heading that way. I got a little bit more protection. They have swords there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All they I have, have is a dagger. I'm going with you guys. Well, like, and that's, and that's the other thing too, is like, you know, if you see a, a knight right on the road by himself, you know, what are you, where are you going? But you know, you're, you're going to see herbalists. It's not uncommon to just see them picking weeds on the side of the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so that's what they do. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, my thought was like, like you said, Nolan, you know, get them in a, you know, hey, we're going to the same place. Um, but I also thought, you know, hey, you guys just got in a huge fight. Three, of you guys are bleeding. You know, one of you is poisoned. You're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you see some smoke off in the distance. Uh, you know, you guys make it up there. It's a herbalist hut. Thank gosh. Yeah. So yep. what do you guys do now? I remember before our first session, nobody had heal. And after yeah. our first session, everybody was scrambling to how I need to find and learn the heal skill. <laughs> and yeah. so bringing this character on as a healer, like the group hires yeah. them as a healer, even, yeah. um, you know, the party just needs, we need somebody that can patch us up. You know how great you're on. Yeah. I mean, they take out a, a, a group of bandits and mm-hmm. they, you know, they had the herbalist there as their healer. They were, you know, they were forcing them to be there. Now they don't want to go off on their own. They're, you know, hundreds of miles from home. So you guys rescued me. Do you guys need a healer? I can go with you. Or yep. what about the party needs a guide? Who better to yeah. know the nooks and crannies of the local forest or the, the craggy hills than the person that's out there scrounging for weeds and flowers all the time, right? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's all great ideas. You're speaking my language, Lance. You'll see in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm excited. Cool. Um, so uh, moving on then, um, advancing into other careers. Um, so I, I'm I'm just I'm going to take off a, a first speak on this one. Options with good synergy. I'm going to right here and say right now the best synergy for an herbalist is an apothecary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer. I mean, you know, I mean, you're already going to have a lot of the things that you need to, like I said, make that stuff. So, yeah, that is the absolutely 100% the best synergy. Yeah. It's also it, the most predictable. So it, it is. It is the most predictable. But, I mean, if you're – so here's my thought. If you love the herbalist and you like the support character, the crafting character, and those are things you like, you could go to Tier 1, go to Tier 2, 3, or even 4, and it would do nothing but good things to switch over to apothecary. It is going to support you in almost everything that this character does. And it's just going to give you access to more cool stuff to craft and make and open up your ability to maybe, uh, you know, work on some other characteristics and skills a little bit. A big one charm, right? You want to, you want to take your apothecary. Oh man, no, I'm in this group full of knights and slayers and nobody has a charm skill and nobody knows what to say. It's like taking Thorgrim into a discussion with elves. It's just a bad idea. Probably not Don't gonna do happen. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so You're not going to make it out. Right. So, so getting to apothecary gets you access to the charm skill fast. Um, and so anyway, I, I just, I think it's an amazing, amazing. In fact, I, I'll straight up say now I built my character with the, the entire thought processes once I spent this thousand XP, the next step that I do is going to apothecary. That's the worst thing about these episodes is it makes and like next time I make a character, I'm literally going to use these show notes and plan everything out because like that's what I do when I make these characters, <laughs> and then I never I throw you know they go in the trash because it's it's uh, the show's done. I'm not going to play this character because I have Thor, but like there's so you think of so many awesome things to do with these characters once you actually dive deep into them like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one thing I did want to say is, um, so other than apothecary, which is the, is, as Kyle said, the obvious choice, any dexterity based character like artisan is, a, is one that you wouldn't be sad to go to again, keeping with the crafting idea and theme, um, you know, uh, and any sort of support character, um, they're not perfect to move into, but like a, a magic or religious character could be a good synergy. Um, they're not super synergist, but being able to have a wizard that also has the skills to make potions and pulses and things and to find herbs. I mean, there's some we're going to talk about herbs in a little bit. There's some magic based herbs that a wizard is going to want to find. And if you got the skills, that's not a bad thing. Um, so I think these are. Uh, I think there's some possibility there, though it's not a perfect synergy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you and I were thinking along the same line, so uh, I'll step in here. You and I were thinking along the same line is that really the best thing for this character now, because you already have a lot of that fellowship built up, you just don't have everything you need for it. Um, I had some, because Apothecary was the obvious, uh, Physician was also one that yeah, you Yeah, that is a good into. one. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, just personally... Um, I'm not good at playing support. I don't want to be support. Uh, so I wouldn't be, if I, if I made an herbalist at the beginning to begin with, uh, I wouldn't want to be a physician after. So I immediately thought of um, merchant 
mm-hmm. which gives you charm mm-hmm. right away, yep. and also Envoy. Um, but oh, that yeah. is that's also mm. more of like a supporty character. Um, but uh, you have a lot of the stuff already. Uh, athletics, charm. You're you're already gonna have uh, like dodge is gonna be pretty high. Um, and yeah. essentially, you know, tier two bribe again, cool gossip haggle. So you're already gonna have a lot of the skills. Um, it's just those talents, attractive, cat tongued, all that stuff is really gonna help you if you make it up that far. You're already gonna have yep. the fellowship built up. So what about obvious options with bad synergy? What 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 is the not the normal go to uh if if you're if you're going hardcore herbalist? Somebody want to say probably it? <laughs> probably something melee. Yeah. Yeah, anything, anything that has I a mean, weapon that yeah. that that starts your starting trappings includes a weapon then it's probably not a great synergy for you, herbalist. If you have access to build up weapon skill tier one of the new career, you probably don't want it. Yep. So one of the beautiful things of Warhammer is that it handles careers that don't mesh together well at all. Like doing a, a well-rounded character can actually be a really good thing in this uh, system. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say any combat or warrior class, um, any, anything that focuses on, ballistic skill or and i mean there are ways you can work it right like if you do a hunter well maybe all of those experience you put into the like outdoor survival and different pieces could really mess well with it yeah really just build up the ballistic skill right and and what career wouldn't have a good time being able to make potions to help themselves or whatever it might be but it's something to think about for sure um combat warrior would not be my first thought like if if that's the kind of character you want to play then i would probably say choose something different than herbalist to start off with yeah you're not going to go from herbalist to uh you know i mean i know you can't be a slayer or you can, you know if you had to convince your G- dm to let you be a dwarven herbalist you're not going to go from herbalist to slayer it's well not, it's not depending from, on well, your shame yeah i guess <laughs> you probably won't last very long though <laughs> I wonder though, is would Slayer even be allowed to do a lot of these things, like heal himself, make potions for himself? Well, I mean, I, heal heal is in, uh, I think, the first tier of Slayer, and you don't want to die a bad death, right? right like, right. You don't, that's you don't, true. You don't want to be true. walking around with one arm and gain green in the other one just because you don't want to heal yourself, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? About Slayers is they're. Their job isn't just to die. Their job is to try their hardest to kill these monsters. They don't. They don't just go out to their death. They go out to a glorious death. And so they they're they're, back in a bar is an honorable way to die. Right. So the job of a slayer is to die, but the goal of a slayer is to fail at dying. Yeah. (laughs) Really, it really is. It's really conflicting. It is. Trust me, I know. It's really conflicting. <laughs> so we talked about this a little bit already, but like what type of player would most enjoy this career? So probably not the guy that Janet. wants to hit something with a stick, right? So yep. <laughs> probably somebody like Janet. Janet or me. Charm. I love support characters. Charm I, Animal. Charm Animals, right? Right. Tier <laughs> right. one for Janet. That's all she needs. Is there a one that has Charm Animal as the money-making skill? Oh. Um, I'm Because if there's that. not, I would... I'm surprised she stays that, with yeah, it. it. It's got to be like There's it would be cool be if it was like a like a an animal like trainer. A, yeah, we yeah, might get one if we don't have one. I, I'm trying to cool. think 
Hunter, but no, because that's going to be based on... There are a lot of uh, careers that have access to the skill, but I don't know if any of them have it as a money-making. I don't like, think so, yeah. yeah. Like, witches have witches have charm animal, which... You know, which I mean, if you right. your whole your your whole thing is ingredients, we're we're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, um, <laughs> take take all day just to we can we can have a whole episode on Janet's perfect character. Maybe yeah, we should do so, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely yeah. don't want to you definitely don't want to be an herbalist, like you said. If you if you want to, you know, be a tank and be the first one to step up to a fight, that's not gonna you're not gonna you don't even have a weapon to start, so that's mm-hmm. not gonna mm-hmm. be you. Um, yeah, you need to be somebody that enjoys enjoys being in the background of fights uh mm-hmm. you know and preparing beforehand so for sure. real background like not even like yeah people that enjoy the range you know you're you're doing laundry back at the at the camp <laughs> i was gonna yeah oh what is that that uh the princess bride the you're the herbalist that you know have fun storm in the castle yeah exactly <laughs> that's exactly. awesome that's what we should name this episode have fun storm in the castle <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. Oh man. Okay, so gentlemen, final thoughts. Who wants to go first? I think it's a very interesting character. Um, I think it segues. Like I said, if you enjoy that support character, it segues into it can segue into a lot of interesting things. Like I said, herbalist to merchant, sure. Herbalist to envoy, like a lot of that stuff is going to overlap. You know, sure. Um, like I said, it's not one that you're not going to last very long in battle if that's what you want to do. But there are so many cool things that you can do, like just all the herbs that we're going to talk about. That adds so much to your game as a party and as a DM that you can do, that you can work with. So it's something that I think would be very interesting to have somebody in my party you know, hey, we're going out and looking for these plants. Just not me. I don't. Not just not me. That's all. <laughs> this is this is not a Kyle career. That's for sure. It, it's not. It is not. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, Nolan? like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed like making the character for uh, character offs. But if I rolled like the herbalist, like on my first roll, I don't think I would. <laughs> I'd take it. You know, it's one of those like I might do like for the second one where you have three options. I might. Depending on what how the other two are, I might then pick the herbalist. But no, I do enjoy the career. I do think they're pretty fun and stuff. The concoctions and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think I'd make it. I don't think I'd make it long at a herbalist at all. Forget you guys. I love support characters. This this character is right up my alley. Like I just the thought of like, oh man, what am I gonna concoct up next? Like and and the the shenanigans I could get in. Right. Nobody's going to expect me to do anything in combat. Right. So like when Thorgrim has a giant whiff, everyone's like, what are you doing? Right. Like nobody's going to expect anything from me in combat. I'm just going to be there to be like, somebody save me. You know, you're using you're using that rover to that's right. All all that all that uh, stealth to creep around the battlefield and sneak into and get all the good loot for yourself. Right. But think of we we need somebody to hold off and we need somebody to run and and uh, sneak into the enemy camp or something. Right. Yeah. Herbalist might be it unless you have a a dedicated scout or stealth character. Herbalist is probably going to be. Yeah. I mean, with that, with that Mm -hmm. agility and those dexterity skills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, my final thoughts, if you like crafting, um, if you like the crafting mechanics, if, if the, the, 
the herb finding and gathering and making stuff seems cool to you, and you like being a healer, a support person, someone that might concoct the poison to, to uh, you know, kill the big bad or whatever, this is definitely a fun career. Mm. If you're looking for something that right off the bat gives you some sort of flexibility in combat, this is not for you. Herbalist is one of those where I don't really see myself going to tier four. And there, to be honest, there aren't a whole lot of careers where I would. Um, but it is a great base, I would say, for any support character that you might end up playing. Um, and uh, and quite frankly, if you spend a little bit of time here, I think that you would not regret the experience spent as an herbalist, even if you go to like a warrior career or something. Um, I think you'll find that you that XP was well spent. So definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, so gentlemen, great discussion on the herbalist. But one thing that I will say, and this is a firm belief of mine, that the herbalist as a choice in the core rule book before we had the special herb rules that came with Death on the Reich was an interesting choice, but that's about it. Now, give me all these cool special rules and and extra herbs and a whole list of them and all the cool stuff I can do with them. That makes the herbalist a sexy choice, and I think we need to talk about that. So... To start off, let's talk about all the places you can find rules to help support your herbalist career. So uh, in the core rulebook, you can find uh, rules for gathering foods and herbs on page 127. Um, and of course, there's a small list of herbs and draughts on page 307 uh, in the core rulebook as well. But your real fun stuff, if you're going to roll up an herbalist and you don't have the Death on the Right Companion, that needs to be your next purchase because Herbs and their uses, page eight. There's a whole chapter devoted to them and a whole list of fun stuff, including an optional endeavor. So, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Let's talk about some of the mechanics, starting with how do you do the gathering of herbs? Yeah, so um, you have to, um, they make one assisted outdoor survival test for the group, and the difficulty is determined by the circumstances. So, I'm just going to go down the list here. Foraging. A success grants enough food for one character. Uh, every success level yields sufficient food for one uh, extra person. You know, so you're, you're going to be doing a little bit of that possibly, but not very much. Hunting and fishing, you're not going to be doing that. Uh, you're not going to be trapping. Uh, but lore herbalism, this is where you're going to really be making your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in, in gathering herbs using lore herbs, uh, success gathers enough for a dose of a sought herb. Uh, with each success level adding an extra dose. Uh, gathering tests are modified by herb availability. Common, zero, scarce, minus 10, rare, minus 20, or exotic, minus 30. And that really gets interesting when we get into uh, seasonal availability, whenever we're ready to get to that point. Absolutely. Um, one thing I did want to say uh, is when, when we're talking about gathering herbs, notice it's the lore herb skill, right. not the trade herb skill. Or right. trade herb, herbalist. So the two different things: finding herbs is yep. lore, making, making stuff them. with those herbs is the trade skill. Exactly. So you have to be very careful on what you're hoping to build up or what what you're even rolling for, because that's an yeah. easy miss when you're at the table. Yeah, sure. it, it's easy mm-hmm. to ignore lore skills, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, it a, really a good GM is not going to make a, 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 a an adventure hinge on you knowing something through a role 
right? So lore skills, like knowledge skills in most systems can be tricky to use. And and we need to have an episode talking about lore and knowledge skills um, and how to use them as a GM and player. However, one thing I will say is that you can't ignore it as an herbalist. Because what are you doing being an herbalist if you're not going to go out and try to find herbs? <laughs> I guess you yeah. could just try to buy them. But, but I'm really good at making them, but yeah. I can't find them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what he looks like, but... It's like um, my, my dad doing morale hunting. He'll he'll sit me in front and say, Lance, there's three morales right in front of you, and I will look for 10, 15 minutes <laughs> and not see them. He'll have to point down right to it, and then I'll be like, oh, my gosh, how did I not see it? I'm terrible uh, at exactly. it. Exactly. That is, um, like, not even mushrooms. That's just me at work. Like, I could put down a 916 wrench. Two seconds later, I can't find it. I will... <laughs> I literally will like just turn around and guess where it was, right where I set it down. I swear there's gnomes or something that at my workplace <laughs> that steal my stuff. Oh, Matt's gonna be mad when he hears that. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't really go into much more detail about the availability. You know, like it gives you a small list and what availability that is. But getting into Death on the Reich, uh-huh. it actually gives seasonal availability which that Mm -hmm. is where that gets really interesting so the out of season the availability of an herb becomes one step rare common becomes scarce scarce becomes rare rare becomes exotic and exotic can't be found at all so that is that would be something that you really have to work around and think about uh as a player about what your plans are if your plans are to produce some poison that needs an exotic herb and you know you're in the middle of summer you're going to have to find another way because you can't find that herb right now. One thing I want to point out, this chart that's in here on page nine of the Death on the Reich, it yeah. includes not just the herbs from Death on the Reich, but also the herbs from the core robot. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is like a one-stop shop. Mm. And I'm just going to say there's not a ton of common on here. So you better have no. that lore um, herbs, herbs. Yeah. up quite a bit because uh, if it's out of season – you're going to have a tough time finding a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting, and I think that adds an extra wrinkle that GMs like Lance will definitely take to the next level with their players. Yeah, I agree. And you bring up a good point. GMs, if you have an herbalist, you need to give them opportunities to be an herbalist. Don't mm-hmm. just have them go from combat encounter to combat encounter. It's like we talked about on the Ulrich episode, right? If you have Ulrichans, Put them in a snowstorm, right? Same thing. If you have herbalists, give them a reason to look for herbs. <laughs> like, it's a big thing, and you're going to make everybody's enjoyment better in a game. So really, really good point there. You know, and and the thing is, think about, you know, don't think about our world, because our world, you're not going to find these herbs growing in the middle of a city. But, you know, think about the old world, that <laughs> you might be able to find some of this stuff anywhere if you're you know, at some ruins, you know, that have been, you know, ruins for years. Who knows? You might, you might be able to find something there. So as a player, you need to make sure that you take advantage of every opportunity you can as well. Right. For sure. So Nolan, one of our favorite pieces of this game, our endeavors, tell us about this endeavor. It's called the Forging Endeavor. So rather than relying on traders to produce herbs useful for the creation of poultrous and drought, uh, you can use your lore herb skill to see how much you can gather. So you make an average test of plus 20 for lore herbs. The total success levels achieved 
may be spent to acquire one dose of assorted herbs found in a locality at the rates below. So, you know, we have common for one success level, scarce for two, rare three, and exotic four. So basically common, you know, I mean, a plus 20 is very nice. You know, you should get at least one success level, but you're still going to need a big amount for those exotic ones. Yeah, but the point is, is you can spend this as is too. So you tell the, the I'm, I'm doing this in the grasslands and, you know, then, then you're going to spend it as you have it. So if you roll really well, and I like, I'll let my players use fortune on these rolls, if nothing else, because I take it away from their fortune they have available at the next session. <laughs> so, and then you roll really well that maybe you can, you could pick up three common ones, right? Three doses of a common one because you rolled three successful ones. You don't have to necessarily do a rare one. Um, and you could, you could mix and match too, which I think is fun. Um, the, the endeavor is a way for, if you think about it, when you're using the, the optional rule to, to find herbs, gather herbs, you know, you're looking for a specific herb and that's what you're trying to get. But with the endeavor, it's like grocery shopping. I feel like, right. You can get multiple. Well, and it's a way, it's a way to stock up too, where, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not in game time, you know, Hey, I have an extra endeavor. What do I want to do? Do I want to bank the two brass pennies that I have that I might do if I didn't have an extra endeavor? Oh no, I can forage, you know, just let me build up my stash again from the potions that I've made last game. I need to replenish. So I, I think that's a really, really interesting um, and fun thing to add for an herbalist. Agreed. But now, mm-hmm. Nolan, I have all these herbs. What do I do with them? So now you have to prepare them. Basically, to prepare something, you need the right trade skill for it. And to do that, you can either make it into a poultress, an infusion, or a drought. And uh, basically, you know, just layman's terms, a poultress is basically like put gauze on a band-aid and cover up a wound. That's an apultris. And a fusion, I think of it more of like herbal tea. Something mm. that like you kind of drink and stuff like that. And droughts, uh, we've all played fantasy uh, type genres and stuff. They're your health potions. Healing potions. So, yeah, your healing <laughs> potions. Basically, that's what a drought. It's basically a fluid in a glass bottle or any kind of any kind of bottle, really. You could probably put it in a wine skin. Um, but it's basically a, a liquid that's going to be your drought. Or you can just uh, chew on it raw. Just <laughs> Here, chew on this. Chew yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think we've all done that when we get like those big old beef jerky sticks that you can't rip off. <laughs> you just kind of chew on it. Or maybe that's me. And I just committed. <laughs> I just said something very weird. <laughs> about myself just chewing no it. way no way <laughs> i've infused this griffin jerky with uh some special <laughs> the, some special some root <laughs> yep oh now i want beef jerky yeah well and so what's interesting is is that they use different skills did you already talk about that uh no sorry i didn't yeah. but uh basically yeah for poultices you need trade herbalist the same with infusions but drought to make like the liquid form, you need to be a trade uh, apothecary. So, like we said earlier, to so to go from herbalist to apothecary is now kind of even better with these in mind, you know. Uh, and for raw uh, trade cook or trade poisoner, uh, basically trade poisoner. If you want to put something bad in it, so they can chew on it, 
you know, that's how you'd go about that. Well, trade Cook, uh, basically, you could put it with something to uh, uh, kind of like mask. Yeah, hate. disguise. Yeah, like I was like, oh, I yeah. do that for far. But yeah, disguise or mask the the rot of the root because I'm sure you know if you pull some of this stuff right out of the ground, it's not going to be like a summer breeze. It's yeah. probably yeah. going to be a little disgusting. That, that's what I thought was interesting is that you don't need a skill to do raw, but if you're a cook or a poisoner, then you can disguise it. And I just thought that was a really clever, you know, a really clever twist to add into that. And po mm. poisoner is an interesting trade skill too, right? Because it, it has more uses in, yeah, in herbalism. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the optional rules at the top was uh, if you're making something harmful, like a, uh, Anything that you're making that's harmful, you can optionally use a trade poisoner skill instead of like trade herbalist or apothecary. So you have options. Mm -hmm. And we're talking a lot about the apothecary. I want to mention um, we did a whole episode on the apothecary. So if check out the Old World Podcast episode 15, which was outlawing artistic apothecaries, uh, we covered three different careers, one of which was the apothecary in there. If I recall correctly, Steve made a, an excellent apothecary that I thought was really cool. So um, be sure to check that episode out, too, if you want to know more on apothecary. But one thing I did want to mention before we move on, we're going to talk about the individual herbs here. But all of these herbs have... Uh, great information on them. Now the core rule back is light on information. Um, and so we'll just really quick touch on some of this, but the death on the right companion does a really good job of telling you what kind of options you have for preparation and just picking one out of the, at the book here, grave root, for example, can be done raw as a pulsus or as a drop. Each entry into this, uh, section of the book will give you what you have for preparation, what the test is that you need to make it how difficult that test is, um, which, uh, which again, depends on whether it's going to be the raw pulses or drought, right? And then the effects of, and sometimes, depending on if you make it like one way, if it's raw versus a pulses, might have different effects, might affect people differently. So it's really interesting to check all that out. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about too with the, the entries into the herbs is a lot of these have in-character or in-world description um, and for some of these herbs with, like, common words for them, right? So, like, Augark is known as the Elf Balm or, you know, different different names and stuff, too. So, hmm. a lot of really cool stuff. So, gentlemen, um, I don't want to spend a ton of time going over every single thing because you guys all can go read this stuff yourself. But I'd like to go through, let's just mention a couple of maybe our favorite ones. Um, I know when we did the review on this book, we did mention a couple of our favorites. But I think it's worth going over again and mention a few favorites. So, like, Nolan, Kyle, one or two favorite herbs out there that you want to talk about? I like yuck. <laughs> so, basically, this is, uh, you could do it as raw or a poultress. This is basically the practical joke one. So... A herb usually made for practical jokes and is particularly favorite uh, for real children. You smear it for 1d10 minutes. They suffer a minus 20 penalty for all tests for 2d10 plus 40 minutes. It's like itch powder. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, like they just itch all over. 
But I, I just love it how it's like, yeah, that's all this plant is. It's nothing dangerous, just... But it could also, if it's made into a poultress, it can heal 1d10 wounds uh, that were lost to exposures to cold weather. Honestly, that's like two very different things. You can have itching powder for jokes, or hey, here's some wounds back because you got a little bit of frostbite. Which is a very specific need, but if you need it, you need it. Mm-hmm. What uh, what favorite did you think mine would be, Lance? Let's see if you're correct. Uh, Mage Leaf? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mage Leaf is only raw, which is pretty cool. You don't, you know, you could just pick it and eat it right there. Uh, as the name suggests, it is exclusively by spellcasters. One dose gives the caster a plus 10 to their next casting test. But when each dose is taken, roll a d10. If the result is less than or equal to the number of doses already taken, the dose has no effect. So eventually, you're going to have to get lucky with your rolls or else it's just going to be super overpowered. Um, I, I was between uh, that or Trinkwort, which is also raw. A character who eats one gains a plus 20 bonus to all consume alcohol tests for the next 24 hours. Yeah, I think nice. about this is is where if you guys did this, I could easily see you challenge like somebody to a drinking contest, right? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean Thor has no use for that because I mean he'd be rolling like it, he would not. It would not be possible for him to fail. It would be like 99. You know, I'd have to fail. But um, what about you, Lance? What what one stuck out to you? Uh, Spellwort. For me, uh, and I think this was my favorite from the last time we we did a review on the book. But um, that one's great. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of Mage Leaf, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like it, a defensive Mage Leaf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So um, it's a spellcaster suffers a minus ten penalty to all tests related to spellcasting for a number of hours, equal to ten minus their toughness bonus. But they get a plus 10 bonus to all tests made to resist the effects of magic. So you could <laughs> use this where it hurts your ability to cast spells, but it helps you defend against spells. So um, I think it's really interesting. Is They call it the Witch Hunter's Friend, which I think is really fun. Um, another one that I like is Venera, which is basically removing the need for rest, which I could see players going cool. down a dark path with this. One basically caffeine. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, one, really. One d ten hours after the dose is taken, the character is treated as resting, but can undercate any kind of activity. But um, when the dose wears off, the user suffers a splitting headache, gaining one fatigue condition, which lasts for an hour. So I, I could definitely see this being an interesting and fun way to uh, potentially escape whatever's going on or to get there in time, you know, and hopefully uh, it doesn't bite you in the butt when you're done (laughs) yeah and uh, one that stuck out to me is just when i was going through um was the alphanus um because it's a poultice so you can make it as a herbalist and the fleshy leaves uh once they're ground into a pace half the time of uh normal healing time for a dislocated or broken bone if one Mm -hmm. dose is smeared on the site of the injury every day until healing is complete so, you know, that goes right into the support healing uh, aspect of an herbalist. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, we're getting some pretty crazy. But there are some, for example, um, one thing I wanted to mention is a healing poultice, which is in the core rule book. And notice it says this foul selling medicine wrap is made from animal dung and urine combined with any number of common herbs. 
such as sigma foil, terabeth, or and valerian. So other uses for those herbs to make a healing poultice, and you do not suffer any minor infections from critical wound. So it's something that's simple, and it's easy to make for an herbalist, and you have lots of different options to make it. So I think an herbalist, is, in my opinion, too, is kind of like a spellcaster in the fact that to get the most out of that career, you need to know more rules than just the basic. You need to understand the rules for herbs, how they work. You need to know what's available to you. Um, similar to like a mage in my game, I generally ask, read the rules for me, spellcasting. Know your spells. Know what spells are available out there. Um, yep. You don't have to be an expert, but you should know a little bit. Yeah, about it. don't rely on me to know everything about your herbs. You're bringing it up now, but that was one of my tips as a player was to help your GM out. Yeah, because you know, I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those things where there are so many little intricacies where you have to do this. Oh, now my herb is wearing off. Now I get a headache. Your your GM, if he remembers that or she is a genius because <laughs> that is such a little thing that would be so hard to remember, you know, while they're trying to get the board ready or change scenes like that's your job to know that and keep track of that. Just like, you know, advantage during a fight like that's on you. So help them out and make sure you write that stuff down. Yeah. So let's talk about other player tips. What other player tips do we have for players that are doing an herbalist or, or playing or using herbs, right? You don't necessarily have to be an herbalist to go look for herbs or to even use the herb endeavor, though you, you're going to need the skills, right? But mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to be an herbalist to get those skills. So so what other tips are there? And I think that's a good one, Kyle, right there. You know, know your stuff. Don't expect your GM to know it all. I mean, you know, the, the job of a GM, you know, is to know that stuff if you, you know, hey, I can help you look it up. But just as GMs have their own jobs getting the board ready and getting the story ready, players should have their own jobs as well. You know, know if you're a priest, know what your, you know, know what your prayers do. Know all as a wizard, know what your spells do. Because like I said, if if your GM has to look that up, you're going to spend eight hours just trying to get through a simple scene. That that YouTube video I sent on players' responsibilities, he watched it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Anything I can do to uh, earn a little bit of uh, good grace with the GM. <laughs> yep. That's all you do. What about uh, any other player tips, Nolan? Any thoughts? Or what about Basically, GM tips? Oh. Uh, I guess GM tips, uh, know the surroundings. You know, if somebody does have, you know, the trade herbalist skill or even, you know, let's just say to the trade apothecary, have fun and move the scenery around. Don't just stay in grassland. Oh, this is the only things you can ever get. Oh, you want to pick dandelions? Well, we're always in the mountains. Sorry. You know, <laughs> I, sorry, I can't do that. You know, like, oh, or move it around. Know the seasons. You know, hey, it's winter. Dandelions ain't growing this time of year. Make me a very hard. Maybe you'll find some somewhere in a cave or something. So basically for GMs, know maybe your seasons, you know. If you're, you know, that's the type of game you're running or, you know, basically something like that. I agree. Uh, Weather and seasons are something that I think in myself included, I don't do enough of environmental things like that. Um, But uh, even if you're I mean, there is there's nothing wrong with having an entire campaign take place in one city. Um, That's completely fine. But it doesn't mean that if you got an herbalist and and that's what they wanted to do. 
Make sure that once or twice you're sending the group outside the city walls for some reason. Give them the opportunity to do something with that. Yeah, or, you know, make make sure that, oh, hey, there's, you know, in the market, there's quite a few stands that you might be able to find the ingredients that you're looking for. Right, right. Give them you know, an opportunity. Don't available to them one way or the other. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and that's the thing, I, I think, and you don't have to necessarily give it away, but give them options. Like, I mean, think about things like when you're handing out player rumors on all the adventure, here are six rumors you hear, right? I always a fan of include a rumor like there's a rumor of a mad uh, apothecary that grows wild herbs somewhere in the sewers. Man, if I'm an herbalist, I'm all the for top that. of my you list just got. Out. I want to find out where this is. Find out, and maybe it's not true, but you just engage your herbalist in something they care about. So, yep. great advice. Any any last minute Ooh. tips? Just, just remember my my biggest thing is remember why you're there. You're you. We all play these to have fun. So I feel like as a GM and as a player, you guys need to communicate. And if one group or the other isn't having fun, then why are we there? Right. Yep. As a GM, you shouldn't be bogging your game down enough and you know irritating your characters, pitting them against each other. And as players, you shouldn't make life totally miserable for your GM. So. Just be nice to each other. Having said that, this is Warhammer, so GMs give them all diseases. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. It's not peace hammer. <laughs> it's not peace hammer. All right, gentlemen. I think that wraps that up. That was a good discussion. I really enjoyed this. There's a lot of cool stuff about herbalism and herbs in this game. Um, and quite frankly, uh, fourth edition has got a lot of material left to, to put out there. So I can't wait to see what comes out next. Um, but right mm -hmm. now, gentlemen. It's time to get in and do this competition. Nolan, let's kick us off into the character build-off, would you? All right. It's now time for the character build-off. <laughs> now that our review is complete, we are going to put our creative juices to the test with a build-off. We, your hosts, have taken the herbalist career we just described and have made a character in the hopes to outdo each other in a contest of coolness and creativity. Once we reviewed our creations, we'll put them to the test and have you, the community, vote and tell us who wins the contest. And so here are the rules, guys. Each of us will be assigned one of the careers we've reviewed, uh, which in this episode is the herbalist. We're all doing an herbalist, right? Um, <laughs> we're going to create a character using the normal character creation rules. In addition, once we've completed character creation, we receive a thousand earned experience points to advance our character however we'd like. But now that we've already created our characters, we're going to present them, giving you a little bit of background and talking you through the process of our character creation advancement process, explaining why we made the choices that we did. Yeah. And this is where you come in, old worlders. Uh, follow the links in the show notes. Um, we'll be posting on our website and Twitter. You can go in there and vote. Tell us you think had the coolest character and gets bragging rights over the fellow co-hosts. Remember. Go to Twitter, turn on your notifications. We're always sharing anything new that comes out from Cubicle 7. And also, you know, you don't get to put up the polls forever. So if you want to get in there and you think somebody made a really cool character, get in there. Let us know. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Who wants to go first? I think Mr. A-Game should. Oh, you guys want me to start? Oh, cool. Yep. All right. Uh, you start and we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, 
know I'm if I know I'm not gonna win, I'm just gonna stop after you and I'm, <laughs> Oh, you know, whatever, whatever. An hour of my night back, I'm gonna you know? have I'm gonna <laughs> this is not gonna go well. All right, so there's three of us and we're already on a long episode, so I'm gonna try to make this as quick as I can. So Same here. All right, guys, so I rolled up a human. I know that's a big surprise, but I took my 20 XP and ran. Um, unfortunately, I did not roll up the career. One of these days, I, I will, and I'll get that bonus XP, but not today. Attributes, I rolled them. I rolled terrible, um, and so I absolutely, what I did is I rearranged my, um, my attributes to try to get something decent for an herbalist. So uh, highlights are toughness at 31, initiative at 34, agility at 35, and dexterity at 36. Um, I tanked my fellowship at 28. I tanked my ballistic skill at 28. I tanked my strength at 26. It's an herbalist. I ain't fighting anyway, right? So um, I decided that my herbalist is not someone that fate smiles upon, but... They're tough. So I gave, uh, gave them a final fate of two and a resilience of four. Um, my motivation uh, is, is, is a little bit interesting. It's revenge, which I hate. I go to revenge a lot in character creation. You but, do. It, but it's true. I, I think some of the best Warhammer stories are revenge. Um, but I would, I would also allow twisted servitude. So... Um, Characteristics. I took five, all five of my advances in agility um, to bump that up to 40 to, to start. Um, and moving on. So my species skills, something I wanted to point out. I did not use a human Reichlander. I used a human Nordlander. Mm. Yep. I see. I see you smiling there, Kyle. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So um, Anyway, uh, I did that for a very specific reason, and the reason is is that I get trade any as an option, and I took trade poisoner. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I took five advances with trade poisoner, swim, and melee basic. Um, <laughs> I needed to get my melee at least above the thirty mark, um, and uh, skills with three advances. Language Norse, Language Wastelander, and Range Bow. Again, I'm I'm trying to so I have some tiny a bit of combat. I know it's not going to really matter. Um, talents um, took Rover uh, and very resilient, which gave me a plus five toughness, which was awesome. And my random talents were acute sense, smell, artistic, and resistance to poison, which comes into my story. Are you seeing a theme here? So uh, moving on to career skills, I went to maximize this character as far as efficiency goes. I really wanted to be efficient in this character build. Um, so I put 10 into lore herbs, 10 into outdoor survival, 10 into trade herbalist, 5 into perception, 5 into endurance. Now my trade herbalist skill with that bump is up to 46. And I haven't even started yet, gentlemen. I got orientation as my talent. Always knowing where north is is always a good thing for an herbalist. Standard trappings. I'm not going to go through it. I rolled 23 uh, brass pennies. Um, who knows how I'll ever be able to spend those. All right. Character detail. So um, just kind of going through here. My uh, character's name is Ignis Otakar Kane. Io to his friends. Okay. Io is 5'6 with brown hair, brown eyes. And uh, let's move on to spending experience. So um, let's go through quickly again here. There's a lot. I did a lot with this character. 
I was very, very methodical in how I chose my expenditure. So to start off, I dropped 155 XP to bump my uh, initiative by six up to 40. And then another 125 to bump my toughness up by five to 41. Now this took my wounds to 13. And uh, my toughness is so high because I had that uh, talent that gave me the five. Um, now 50 experience for five advances into charm animal to take that to 35. 50 experience for five advances into climb to take that to 31. At this point, I'm just building myself to be able to go up to the next tier for cheaper. Um, 60 experience for four advances in endurance to take it to 50. And then uh, 20 experience for one advance into lore herbs to tap it to 40. A 20 experience for one advance into outdoor survival to tap it to 40. And then 15 experience for one advance into perception to tap it to 40. I'm getting past those marks there. Now I have everything I need to move on. Um, so I drop 100 experience to change the tier 2 to herbalist. And then right off the bat, I drop 245 experience to get nine advances into dexterity, taking it up to 45. Um, this will take my trade poisoner up to 50 and my trade herbalist up to 55. Um, mm -hmm. Now, uh, right after that, I drop 100 experience into talent nimble finger to take my dexterity up to 50. Um, and again, that will bump up my trade poisoner to 55 and my trade herbalist to 60. Um, Three, three advances into Gossip to bring it up to 31 for 30 experience, 20 experience for two advances into Haggle to 30, 10 experience for one advance into Lore Zonstadt to bring that to 30, and then 145 experience for 11 advances into Heal to bring Heal up to 40. So what I end up with mechanically is I have a character that has 60 in Trade Herbalist, 40 in Lore Herbalist, 40 in Heal, 55 in Trade Poisoner, 40 in Outdoor Survival, Perception, Stealth, and Athletics, as well as Dodge, 50 in Endurance, and 50 in Art with the Artistic Talent. So, let me tell you about uh, I.O. Kane. I.O. Kane lived in a village uh, up in the Nordland. Um, however, there were rumors of chaos infestation in the village. The local noble hired some mercenaries to take care of the problem. The mercenaries decided that the easiest way to wipe out this village it, just completely, so they poisoned the well. Um, and Iokane, unfortunately, he survived due to this unknown resistance to poison that he had. And he laid there for days in pain writhing pain as he watched all of his friends and loved ones die around him. Um, when he finally miraculously survived, despite the village being wiped out, he now has dedicated his life to learning everything he can about poison and the poison that killed his friends and families. And he is going to make the mercenary company and the noble that hired them pay. And he will do that by adventuring and getting resources and learning more about herbs and poison. And so that he will eventually poison every single comrade, friend, and loved one of the mercenary captain. Every comrade, friend, and loved one of the noble. And when they have no one left that they love that's alive, he's going to provide them with the same poison that was poisoned his well of his village and give it to the noble Give it to the mercenary with a note saying, I survived. 
You have nothing to live for. It's your choice. Live or drink this goblet and die. And that is Iocane, my uh, human well herbalist. Human, yeah, well that was good. Um, I was so close to doing almost the exact same thing as you. I was oh, really? so close, but I <laughs> I was going to say, there was a lot of talents and stuff you took. I was like, oh, wow, he's pretty close to me. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're all doing the same career, so obviously it's going to be a little, uh, you know, there's a higher chance. Yeah. Um, but the backstory is where I'm hoping to set it apart. So, well, and mechanically, um, if you really want to optimize this build, it's going to be something similar to what I did. Exactly. Slight differences. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to hear you guys. Uh, Like I said, I I feel like I brought my A game this time, but we'll see. I'm not sure. You guys have, so, have done some amazing stuff in the past, so yeah. So um, I'll I'll jump in here. I actually rolled a halfling. Really? Uh, oh, I did the first time I've ever done that. Please and tell then me I you chose... took it. No, I didn't. You I didn't. didn't? <laughs> no. Oh. Nope. I chose to go with a wood elf. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So, I can't believe you rolled a halfling and didn't I know. take it. I can't I believe that. It, I thought. Um, <laughs> on, I, I just figured thematically it would, you know, a wood elf is a perfect species uh, for an herbalist. Absolutely. So, um, and uh, my roles were really, uh, really polar opposites of each other. I had some really, really single, single digit, just terrible roles. Uh-huh. And then I rolled um, a 19, two 17s, and a 16. Nice. So, but I had, I also rolled a five, a six, and a seven. So <laughs> you really did get uh, both ends, yeah. Yeah. Nope. So I, uh, I, I switched them around, and I'm just gonna try to speed it up because a lot of this stuff is gonna be super similar to what you did. Okay. Um, I moved everything around. Um, so I ended up with a 36 uh, in weapon skill, a 27 in ballistic skill, 31 in strength, 37 in toughness, 46 uh, in initiative, 49 in agility, 45 in dexterity, 45 in uh, intelligence, 37 willpower, and 37 fellowship. Nice. Um, Yeah, so uh, my motivation is knowledge, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, I took advances, three in toughness, one in initiative, one in agility to get to 40, 47, and 50, respectively, after a couple more bonuses that we'll see later. My five advances for my species were stealth, rural perception and intimidate. And my skills with three advances were outdoor survival language, uh, Altarian and athletics. Uh, I took my talents, uh, acute sense, second sight, night vision, read, write and Rover, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we already get that in the herbalist, uh, my career skills. I took five advances in lore herbs, 10 in trade herbalist, five in charm animal, five in endurance, 10 in climb, five in swim. Uh, and my, the talent, the career, I also took orientation. And then my character is named Morstra Windwalker, 82 years old, six, seven rose gold hair and mossy green eyes. Nice. I ended up, uh, just for the experience, I took 50, uh, took 50 to add two in toughness and I'm not going to go through the costs uh, Four um, in uh, initiative, four more in agility. Uh, then I bumped the career to two. Um, I took nimble fingers, same as you. 
Uh, and then I really bumped up. Uh, I spent almost all of mine in skill advances. Uh, heal, gossip, haggle, cool. Not cool. Um, so, okay, yeah. yeah so I, I was really like, this is what we were talking about earlier. I was really building this character, thinking about how would I build them if I was playing them long term, mm-hmm. which was really looking forward to the third tier when you can really pile on that fellowship and yeah. become that face character as well as the support. And then I took. Uh, 150 to add um, to agility, and then just my final one um, was add um, one to lore local. So getting into my stats, which um, are very similar to yours, yeah. Lance. Yep. Uh, of course. So after everything was said and done, I ended up with a 36 in weapon skill, 27 ballistics, 31 in strength. 42 in toughness, 51 in initiative, 59 in agility, uh, 50 in dexterity, 45 in intelligence, 37 and 37 in willpower and fellowship. My advanced skills, uh, stealth rule is at 62. Heal is at 55. Lore herbs, 50. Trade herbalist, 60. And then my gossip, haggle, uh, those are up to 47. Wow. Intimidate is actually up to 47. My perception, um, it's actually low for an elf, only at 56. <laughs> uh, uh, athletics, athletics is 64. Dodge is 59. And let me tell you a little bit about Morstra Windwalker. So Morstra was a member of a small village. They had his village one night had a festival to celebrate the coming of spring. Um, you know, festivities, dancing and you know, some drink. Went to bed, woke up with a splitting headache and everything was quiet. He figured everybody was sleeping. I'll go back to sleep. I'll rest it off. Slept until the following night. Woke up, everything was still quiet. Something wasn't right. He gets out of bed. The whole village is deserted. Hmm. It's not ransacked. Everything is exactly where it's supposed to be, as if everybody just got up and left. All except his parents, who were buried in shallow graves with a symbol etched into the dirt covering their bodies. A squiggly line for lack of a better term, with a crude figure almost walking on top of it. He has spent his entire life from that point moving from job to job, taking any job that will hire him, whether that be healing work, guides, anything that he can do. But his whole motivation is knowledge of what that symbol is. It wasn't until weeks later, after the initial fright of finding that everybody he had ever known was gone, that he found that the tattoo, there was actually a tattoo of this symbol on his face. And he doesn't know what the symbol is. He's never seen it. But that is now what he goes by. Morstra Windwalker. Because he, it's a painful reminder of what happened, but he also hopes that if he uses that, and that's what everybody knows him by that has ever encountered him, that hopefully the responsible party for whatever happened will seek him out and he will finally get answers for what happened and ruined his life. Wow. 
That Man, was good. I'm sitting there as a GM, like, oh my gosh, you gave me so much to work exactly. with. Exactly. Like, exactly. wow, that's that's well done, Kyle. Cut, man, man, I. Dang it! All right, Nolan, you gotta fi- you gotta follow follow that. You want to know what's funny though? I want to point out what's not surprising is you made a wood elf who is like a freaking stalking beast in the wild, right? Yep. But who sucks at shooting bows? Yep. <laughs> and is good at fellowship, which are things yeah. that normally elves aren't yeah. bad, right? That's usually right. the other way around. Very so. flip flop. <laughs> right. And that was and like like I said, I. I kind of wanted to build the character backwards. Like right. mm-hmm. think of, you know, like if you're a wood elf, you know, you're going to know everything about the woods and yeah. any yeah. herbs out there and then work it backwards where, you know, Hey, you got to have healers. He's not the ones that are going to be out there hunting or, or saving anybody or, uh, you know, defending anybody, but you know, Hey, he knows how to save your life. So you peak, <laughs> I want you to know you peaked my interest with the graves and I yep. did like an audible intake of breath when you told me you the did. tattoo was on his face. I was yeah. like, oh, like I you you hooked me, dude. You hooked me. Wow, oh man. All yeah. right, Nolan. Nolan, no pressure, buddy. Follow that. All, all right. Uh I could see. And those are our characters. <laughs> uh roll the music. <laughs> oh okay so for the record during a competition never go last <laughs> i know i know i here i was worried about lance unless you have a ton of you know hey i you know i could have went last and i think it might have been okay yeah but uh, if, if it's good it's the last one they hear yeah so, that's, that's true. true that's there true. you go nolan go get them all right no it's, it's yours okay. it's yours to lose so, buddy uh, I rolled a human, you know, very good chance of doing that. Did not end up rolling a uh, herbalist, but funny enough, I did roll an apothecary. <laughs> That's so hilarious. it's like that. Uh, attributes kind of more middle of the road. Surprisingly, my weapon skill and strength uh, were 16s as well as my initiative. Uh, I kept everything the same so I can, you know, try to get that extra 50 points. Mm. Uh, fate resilience. I maxed that just to the three right across the board. Not too bad. Uh, put five in my initiative score. Just I wanted to get that up a little bit higher. Um, so I rolled. Uh, yeah, so I rolled a human, but I actually ma- uh, did another roll to see where he's from. And I ended up getting a Middenlander. Awesome. Yep. So not a right. We, so we should for future ones, we should include like an extra five bonus points to like roll mm-hmm. yeah i always do i always do a d4 uh be like all right you know one is reichlander and then go down the yeah. uh what i like that. city that's of white wolf idea. just to see yeah. where he's from yeah that's a good uh, idea man so let's see yeah, you should add that. so wait was it uh, mid and heimer or mid and lander mid and lander okay cool i considered yep. mid and lander but they didn't have the yeah. trade skill that i wanted so uh, yeah so i went with north uh let's see Oh, yep, so I put my five in Haggle, Evaluate, and Outdoor Skill, and then three in Cool, Gossip, and Intimidate. Nice. Uh, took Menacing for my talent. Uh, did not take a Doom, so I got an extra roll there. I got Warrior Born, Attractive, Night Vision, and Lightning Reflexes, so basically me uh, being attractive and all. <laughs> my career skills, I put 10 in Trade Herbs, 10 in Lore, Ten, uh, war herbs, 
Tenon Outdoor Survival and Tenon Endurance. Uh, just kind of threw them out there. Talent, no big surprise. Orientation, yeah, it's uh, so good. And that's what I did. And then for my uh, leftover experience, I uh, like I always do. I automatically bumped myself up to the second tier for the two hundred points uh, for incompleting. Before I did that, I took Strider for Woods and Rover for another hundred. Bought ten advances in the heal skill. Let's see. Yeah, 10 advances in heal. I took 5 advances in dexterity to make that a even 40. And then I took sharp, dealmaker, and nimble fingers. So uh, at the end of the day, trade herbalism is 5. Lore herbs, 41. Heal, 41. Uh, best characteristic that I have is actually still weapon score at a 41, followed by max dexterity at 40. So... <laughs> You're, you have an herbalist with a great weapon skill. That's, that's yep. Cool. He's uh, you know, yeah, pretty good. So my character uh, is 24 years old, six one, dark brown hair with uh, pale gray eyes, and uh, also my motivation is cure, and my long term goal is uh, find a cure all tonic. Hmm. So this is the story of Jesser Hakil. So, uh, my guy's name is Jesse Hakil. Um, he was born in a small town out in the Midlander area. While other people cared more about hunting and the rough sports, Jessier didn't really find that many interesting and spent most of his days trying to find plants that maybe didn't broken bones or help tonic that would cure headaches. Eventually, this led him to uh, discover a friendship with a man named Miff Gerkinson, the local apothecary. Uh, working over with each other for many years, Jesse or found that one final thing that he must do in his life is find a cure-all tonic. Unfortunately, Jesse has scoured the land far and wide to find that perfect flower, obsessing over every little bit, spending all his money that he has ever found to go to the next town because they have knowledge of a cure-all flower that only blooms under the pale moonlight on the 5th of November at 4 p.m. <laughs> Unfortunately, what happens when a person becomes so obsessed with curing all ailments in the world? What lies in the dark? Sometimes it's better to not uh, cure all ailments, lest the chaos god Nurgle finds yeah. interest in you. And that is Jasir Hakil, a man that's full purpose is to try to cure everything. But when you try to cure everything, there's always oh. one more disease that will strike you down. Oh, Nurgle, man, that's a that's good, good. That's a good tie-in. Yeah. So many people think like Nurgle is like oh, death and disease, and well, no, Nurgle's about life. The fact yeah. that you can live through all of that—that's what mm -hmm. Nurgle's about. Man, that's that's good, man. That's good, man. I don't. I was we, we so gave, we confident. Gave our, we gave our GM a lot of little tie-ins that he yeah, did. Yeah, little. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's really awesome. One thing I want to point out, like Old Worlders, here's a perfect example of we built three similar herbalists, but with very different um, ways to go about it and different goals, right? My herbalist, I built with the entire in intent to go to an apothecary, right? Whereas Kyle's herbalist, 
your intent was actually to go uh, in a different direction. You were going to go up to the third level of herbalist, uh, herb master, maybe. Yeah, herb master or something. Yeah. So, and where with uh, Nolan, with yours, you didn't complete tier one. You just paid the extra and went straight to tier yep. two, right? So there's a lot of different ways. Even though we all were kind of limited to the same career, we made very different characters in the end. Um, even if I know Kyle and I's stats are similar, but they're enough different that and and their goals are completely different, right? Um, uh, uh, 200, 300, 400 XP later, our characters are going to diverge pretty sharply. That's what I was going to say too. Is that you know that's where you know if you have knowledge of the character creation system, you can really you know like my character for instance it wasn't it wouldn't be possible for me to be a poisoner like you know what i mean so you however like you were able to pick that up from the start and mm -hmm. start building towards that mm -hmm. right away so yep. even you know career wise is one thing but knowing those species skills and those talents like and how that can help you achieve what you want in the long run that that's really helpful yeah yep and apothecary i think in tier two or three i forget has uh trade poisoner so i could right. start putting more experience into it again um exactly yeah so i i uh yeah that's it's really cool so i man herbalist it was awesome so um i we're going a little bit long here guys but nolan man i'd like to i'd really like to hear what what are we calling the segment nolan's uh a the what was it aos graveyard the AOS graveyard, right? The AOS graveyard. Nolan, he's killed a couple of his player characters in recent yep. months. Um, yeah. And we'd really, so uh, I'd love to hear, these stories are always fun and great. Um, so we don't have a ton of time here, but uh, do you think you could give us one of your uh, one of your player kills <laughs> and give us a, uh, give us a five, five, ten minutes uh, breakdown? What happened, yeah, man? I think I can do that. T uh, tell us. Give us a story. So basically, uh, I had a character that was playing the Seraphon and... Funny enough, a couple of uh, episodes back, you would hear me saying, like, oh, Seraphons were so strong. Now if you put, oh, let's say, an Arx Warlock, seven Store Vermins, three Fire Teams, two of them are Weapon Throwers and a Ratling Gun, uh, all kind of at them. Now, it was an epic fight, you know, all the way to the end. You know, magic and just explosions on all around. He fought when he was brought down. I think I got him mortally wounded a couple times, which basically you make death saving throws. Failed two of them. So if he would have failed that last one, he would have died. And in AOS, your doom would increase, which never really a good thing. So he messaged me and said, hey, my mess turn. I'm going to do a final stand. And basically I... a final stand yep, is you're just like, all right, this is my last time. I become impervious to kind of damage. All my weapons ignore armor. Um, and just become like a super OP. But at the end of your turn, your character does die. But Doom does not increase, and the rest of the team's soul fire increases to the max. So basically, I was like, all right. And I basically, I would give, it would be like if I gave him the remote control, like the camera, and been like, tell the story. And he basically told me how there was two Storm Vermins left after all of that. And he basically said, like, they just kept stabbing him, like, over and over oh. and over. But he mm. just ran right at them, you know, gutted through one and then charged the last one and fell. 
Um, and it was quite amazing. I think after that session, I was like, all right, uh, I'm calling it a night. You know, yeah. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I even had like a little bit left. Like, oh, you know, you guys are in the middle of something. Let's make rolls on the way back like any other GM one. I was like, uh, no, you made it back safely. You told the guy what was up. We're done. We're done with the night. I don't want to do any kind of more. So nice. Epic last stand rule in Age of Sigmar might be my favorite part of that system. Oh, it it's yeah. real great. Just, but just it, think about, you know, like how much, you know, nobody wants to die poorly. Mm-hmm. Nobody right. wants to just go down on a, you know, a one arrow. But if you give people that opportunity, I feel like a lot more people are would be willing to make that stand. So, yep. like, that's, that's great. And it makes a lot of sense in Age of Sigmar, right? Getting the heroic death, right? In yeah. Warhammer, dying by the goblin that stabbed you in the back, even though you've hey. been an adventure yep, forever. That's, yeah. that's, that's part is. of that's Warhammer, right? Yep. But, but in Age of Sigmar, heroes don't die that way. Heroes, yeah, that, heroes that, that die goes, in epic battles. That goes back to, I think, mine and uh, our, you know, Matt's takeaway from that is like, you're just, you're just such a badass in Age of mm-hmm. Sigmar. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you, you might slip and fall and break your neck if your GM, you know, <laughs> wills it in Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> you fall on a rock, you're dead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you got a uh, scratch. The infection yeah, has started. You, you have three yeah. sessions to live. <laughs> you were you were in the water three months ago. You got some disease. You better find a healer in one day or you're dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. But actually, oh. the best part then about that was uh, luckily that was three weeks out before Champions of Death. And he is now uh, playing uh, a Blood Knight vampire. Oh, he chose Blood Knight? Yeah, oh. uh, he's a Blood Knight. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about that, man. Yeah. Blood, yeah, Blood uh, Knights are like vampire armored cavalry on steroids. That yep. sounds sick. Yeah, but, uh, that sounds like uh, a Kyle career right there. Yeah, yeah oh, does. they're they're amazing. Uh, so far, actually, also it's the Osiric Bone Reapers. One favorite death class is the uh, Osiric Bone Reapers. Basically, living skeletons has the Morgas. I believe has the highest starting characteristic as like ten. While everybody else is like at seven and eight, so but luckily, both bone reapers cannot use soul fire, so that's <laughs> always a good idea. Um, but yeah, so it was great. I loved it, but not the only death that has happened in that campaign, yeah. and I'm sure there's not going to be the other one. Well, well, uh, here is uh, GM Nolan making me look terrible as he kills <laughs> characters in Age of Sigmar when I have failed to do so more than one time in Warhammer. I will need to rectify that soon. So, gentlemen, this was a great episode. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Old Worlders. Uh, that's it for our show tonight. Um, but before you go, our next episode, um, quite frankly, we're recording some of these fast and furious and out of order. So um, I honestly don't know what's going to be next. But here's what I do know. I think we have plans for another career episode. We are getting a lot of people asking, where's more career? We want more career. Um, so... Uh, tentatively, I don't want to make promises, but I think Coachman is right around the corner, so be sure to listen for that one coming down the line. And we have an episode coming very soon where we're going to talk about uh, more uh, book reviews and, of course, The Enemy Within um, is, a, is a big one. If we haven't already released that episode, I don't know what order this is going to get released in, but long story short, lots of cool stuff. And we've heard you. We hear you loud and clear. We want more career episodes, so here's your first one more to come but we want to hear more of you guys 
if if there's other careers that you're really interested in hearing about and you want to hear lance make an awesome you know i don't know what, what haven't you made yet lance uh, lots <laughs> yeah so yep. you know if, if you want to hear an awesome uh pit fighter let us know i mean we're we love interacting with you guys uh we can contact us multiple ways checking out our website www.oldworldpodcast.com uh twitter is the easiest way to get a hold of us at old world podcast let us know what you want to hear uh and then facebook facebook.com slash old world podcast yeah, and uh, you know what? One character I haven't made is a character without a tragic background. <laughs> One day you'll be happy. <laughs> One day. One day. So while you're checking us out on the various social interwebs, be sure to hop on over to our Patreon page too and support us. If you like what we're doing and want to help out, become a patron. For only a couple dollars a month, you can help support the show and get some cool rewards too. And we really appreciate it. Um, that every Man, after, after these last couple of years, it feels like a, a pint of Bugman really helps us get these shows out and so you can help support that there um, at patreon.com slash old world podcast also let us know what you think visit itunes or your preferred podcast service and rate us every review helps us reach even more warhammer fans old worlders this is lance saying good night and sometimes resistance to poison is not a good thing kyle and uh i'm gonna keep it simple i love you guys and be nice to each other and this is Nolan saying, yeah, I got Nightshade, Trinkwood, Valerian, Varna. Which one you kind of want here? <laughs> nice. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW, Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC. 